0: Hey, it's Pastor Jason. Thank you so much for listening to The Daily Hit. You can get this and much more at jasonjohncowart.com. And if you're getting something from this content, be sure to share it with your friends. All right, let's jump into today's verse. The last two days, we've talked a bit about joy. And, um, you know, a lot of times in your life, whenever you feel like there is a narrative that's running, like if God is... Showing you the same Bible verse over and over again, or every time you turn around, you see the same thing and you're like, okay, God's speaking to me. Uh, You need to, you need to continue to follow that path and see where God is trying to lead you. And so for us. The last two days have just naturally leaned on joy. And so I thought we'd just figure out what the Lord's trying to say to us uh, in the midst of this. I want you to have joy. God wants you to have joy. I mean, your best life is not one that's just happy all the time. Your best life is one that's full of joy. And as we've mentioned in the last two days, that, that joy is all about your relationship with Jesus. Happiness is all about your circumstances. And there's another great verse that comes to mind whenever we think joy. You know, we've thought about the joy of the Lord is our strength, and we talked through that one. But there's one, and, and it's actually a verse that we've done before, um, and you know, on the daily hit, I try not to do the same verse uh, over again just because, I mean, goodness, there are a lot of Bible verses. But in light of this whole idea of joy, I want to read this verse to you. It's out of Hebrews chapter 12. We've done verses one and we've done verse two before. It says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Now, if you go all the way back to episode Episode 28, that's Hebrews 12 to episode 28. You can hear what I had to say about that. And really it focuses on the idea that the joy that was set before him was you. Like this is where you're in the Bible. He thought of you. He thought of you when you're on the cross. He thought of you as he rose again. He thought of you. And so in light of the joy that we've been talking about this week, I kind of want to build upon that idea. The Bible tells us in Nehemiah that the joy of the Lord is our strength, and, and we talk about how you need to have that joy, and that joy comes from that relationship that you have with God, but we see here in this verse that joy was set before Jesus. Now, that's interesting, so let's break it down into the two sections here of the God side of Jesus and the human side of Jesus. Well, what was the joy set before him as God? I think it was you, just like we talked about in episode number 28. I think he was thinking about you, but what about the human side? Now, the Bible says he's been tempted in every way like we are. So Jesus has been tempted with choosing joy out of that relationship with his father or chasing after happiness. And so what Jesus did, obviously, was he chose joy. He chose that relationship with his father and he chose to die on that cross so that you could have the same relationship with his father. But I think that there's so much more to it than that we see Jesus' decision was based off of joy from two different areas. The first bit was from his relationship with his father, and the second was his relationship with the people who would be called his father's sons and daughters. That's us. Man, that's that's his brothers and sisters. That's the sons and daughters of God. He was able to get joy from both of those places, that joy that was set before him. And so here's what it made me think of today as I was processing all of this. What if a part of the joy That comes from the Lord, the joy that is his strength. What if a part of that was your interaction with people? Now, listen, I'm not saying that you need to be a people pleaser. I'm not saying that you need you need to hold people's ideas of you above God's ideas. That's not what I'm saying at all. And if you go back and look at, and if you go back and listen to all the daily hits, you'll see that I'm very much against people pleasing and letting any thought process rise above what God thinks and says about us. So let's go ahead and squash that right now. But what if God created the world in such a way where you have a relationship with him and you get joy from that, but then you have a relationship with God's people that allows you to have joy come into your life as well? Imagine this. Imagine you getting joy based off of your relationship with Jesus, but as an added benefit, you get to tap into the joy that other people have in their relationship with Jesus. Could this be why so many people in the world today have such a hard time with people? Could this be why it's so easy to meet a person and to instantly begin to doubt who they are and what they're about and what their motive is and to begin to question them all because you've been hurt so many times before? Is it a part of Satan's plan to get you into relationships with people where they hurt you and betray you and despise you and take advantage of you and abuse you all for the purpose of making sure that the joy that God had set aside for you that comes from relationships with other people is diminished and deleted? because of how they've hurt you? Could it be that your social anxiety is a tool of the enemy to keep you from experiencing joy that comes from having a relationship with God's people? I don't know what kind of family life you've had growing up, but for me, you know, I've had a a pretty good family life. I mean, it's been great. And and the other night we had some issues with the kids and rather than just blowing our top and losing our temper and all that stuff, we sat all of them down and we explained, you know, why we were doing this and why we live like this and why we disciplined and and then we talked about things that we loved about them and, and things that, that that made us so happy and proud of them, What things that brought us joy even, and we hugged them and we loved on them. And so when they went to bed that night, yes, they had to get in trouble for some stuff that they needed to correct, but we made sure to spend time loving on them and pouring into them. And I love that about my family. And I, I, I love even my extended family, Our, You know, my mom and dad and my father-in-law and my mother-in-law. I, I love this group that we have around us because I know that there's love there. There's, there's concern. Like they actually care about us. They actually want us to grow and develop and get closer to Jesus. And we're all running this race trying to help each other get closer to Jesus and have a great family. And that's what family should be. And if you don't have that, I'm so sorry. Like I, it hurts me that people don't have that. And we see every single day. We meet people every single day that come from such brokenness that you wonder how in the world they're sane. But I want you to know that a part of what God wants for you is not just the joy that comes from your relationship with him, but also the joy that comes from their relationship with him and their relationship with you. And as you get together in those groups and those family bonds form, and all of a sudden you're beginning to feel and experience that joy and that changes you. It, it, it fills you with a sense of belonging and security and peace and dare I say happiness. It's because there's this joy that's pouring over your life. Maybe you don't have that family like I'm talking about, but you know what? In Christ, you do. You weren't just adopted to a father. You were adopted to a family. Come on, man. And you can reach out to the people around you in your church and in your congregation and find people who know you and know God and love you and love God and have your best interest in mind. And here's what you do. You build those relationships and the byproduct is not just you getting better. It's not just you getting closer to Jesus. You know what else it is? It's joy. It's joy that comes from having a relationship with God and with his family. I invite you into that today. And if you've had a problem with people and you found it very difficult to trust or lean in or to ask for help or any of that stuff, I would lovingly invite you to do this today. Find one person in your church. Find one person that you believe you can trust. And don't just go up to them and start just pouring out your whole world. Go have coffee. Just get to know them. Ask them out for lunch after church. Just begin to get into their world. And allow God the opportunity to use those relationships to bring joy into your life, just like your relationship with Him brings joy into your life. You need this. It's so hard to live without joy. And if you want to experience the joy that He has planned for you, part of it comes from your relationship with Him, but part of it comes from your relationship with others.